Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. from the closet again different closet different closet hey everyone chris from four shift fitness and i'm also here with annette zap from fire rescue wellness and we're doing week two topic one of spring for change last week we did the intro episode where we explained kind of how spring for change is going to run this year in case you need a little refresher on that this podcast comes out on wednesdays and we're going to introduce the topic and then on the on that same friday so two days later uh, Annette and I are going to blast social media with the topic again and all kinds of infographics and tips and stuff like that. So you have two resources to go back to each week. We're going to do that for a total of five weeks. We're on week two now, topic one, which is sleep. So Annette, first of all, welcome. Uh, welcome back for the second of five episodes in a row, probably. Um, and once again, although a different closet, you're back, back in the closet. It just sounds so much better from the closet. So now I'm in the uh, fire rescue wellness office closet. Coming and at to this you. point, I think you're just bragging about how many closets that your house has. I don't think you actually need to be in there. I think it's just fun to talk about how many closets you have. I have a lot of closets, a lot of closets, lots of skeletons. All right, let's see. <laughs> when we did our uh, intro episode, we talked about some of the main points that we wanted to bring up each week and yours was you cheated on the answer because I said, give me one thing you want to talk about in sleep. And you said, oh, I'll just talk about everything. So while that's one word that you can talk about with sleep, why don't you expand on, I want to talk about everything in regards to sleep. Fair enough. I don't think I cheated, but um, all right, here we are. I did make that statement. It was a bold statement. Everything gets better when you sleep, but think about it. When you sleep adequately, your mood's better. When you sleep adequately, you have more energy. When you sleep adequately, you get along with your family better. You probably do your job better. You certainly make better choices on your nutrition. And like I said, you have more energy to train. Uh, your, your mind is calmer. It's more quiet. I'm sticking by it. Everything gets better when you sleep. However... I do appreciate what Chris had to say, which was, uh, you're not going to sleep much. So it's nice <laughs> on duty. On yeah. Duty. Well, yeah, you, it'll be out of your control, whether you sleep much on duty, well within your control, hopefully, hopefully to sleep off duty. But before we go on to that, I, you did, you're using a word here that I really like, and I didn't pick up on it last time, but you're saying if you sleep adequately, which I think is perfect because although there's general guidelines out there for sleep and what's optimal uh, and there's scientific studies to back it up what's optimal some people can operate on more and some people can operate on less and some people if they sleep too much it can feel detrimental um, and so this is really something where like if you say if you're getting six hours of sleep 
nightly and you feel really good. And then you try eight, which is the common recommendation and you don't feel as good adequately for you might be six. And so that's okay. So while we're talking about this stuff, it's just like the other topics we're going to talk about. You got to figure out what's right for you and what you feel best at, and then make the appropriate steps or the necessary steps to try to get back to that baseline or that optimal level of sleep. The research is really clear and compelling though. Seven to nine hours for the vast majority of people is best, somewhere between seven and nine hours. Um, your risk of mortality increases greatly below seven hours. And interestingly enough, it also increases above, but it does, it exists on a spectrum. And so again, we're going to try to do the very best we can with what we're given. And what we're given on duty is sometimes a big old poop sandwich. But my point <laughs> is, if we can optimize what we're doing off duty to try to soften the impact of on duty, that's a win. Absolutely. And that's something, you know, it's it's one thing to, to make your bed at six o'clock at work and to put on a sound machine and to make sure it's dark and make sure that it's cool and not use blue light or not try to take in blue light after, you know, two hours before bed and to not eat sugar, have caffeine four to six hours before bed. That's all. It goes back to like your, uh, your risk for disease. There's the controllable and there's the uncontrollable factors, right? Those are all controllable factors. And then, uh, for each of us work, we have, you know, 70 to 120,000 people that will determine the rest of our schedule. So, all those things are the best laid plans. And then we have to go back to reality, which is we're here to serve the public and they can call whenever they want and as many times as they want. And in that, yeah, so in that gap, in those two realities between them sits the frustration level. Because if you go to bed or you round your day out at five or six o'clock and you expect to sleep all night, even if it's unrealistic and you you have in your brain that we're going to sleep because I got stuff to do tomorrow. And even one call happens, that makes for just a frustrating situation. If you go to bed knowing that, hey, I took care of as much as I could. And if we get up a few times, it's not great. But at least I know when I get back to bed, I'll have the best chance possible at getting the best sleep possible for the, even a short duration. It gives you a little bit of a um, a safety blanket there. A little, not, to, not as a pun or anything, but it gives you a little bit of peace of mind that Hey, I might not be getting much sleep, but the sleep I'm getting is going to be at least quality if it's not quantity. So why don't you give us some sleep tips for on shift? I almost feel like we should capture our pre-podcast information because sometimes there's gems there, but I'm going to try to regurgitate everything we talked about. The first thing that I do is I go to bed early at work and, and people push back they say, well, you know what, we're going to get up, you know, two, three times anyway. So why do you even bother going to bed early? Well, think of it this way. If I went to bed at eight o'clock and we started running at two o'clock, it doesn't matter if we're running the rest of the night. I already got six hours of sleep, which for me is not optimal, but it's way better than going to bed at 11 or 12 and getting two hours of sleep. So my biggest on-duty tip is to Go, like Samuel L. Jackson says, go the F to sleep. Speak of Samuel L. Jackson, that's been um, that's been my downfall of going to sleep early the past couple of shifts is I, in my news station, one of the guys is an enormous Quentin Tarantino fan. 
And so we've been making our way through the Quentin Tarantino movies. I think there's eight or nine of them. And uh, last night was the Hateful Eight. And so inevitably we start these movies at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. And they're all approximately seven and a half hours long. So by the time we go to bed and then we get a call in the middle of it, or so by the time we start watching it, we got a call in the middle of it. We come back, we got to finish it. It's easily 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. So yeah, you're going to have to miss out on stuff potentially um, and not even miss out on it. You just won't get to watch the same movie you've watched 20 times with the same people you've watched it with. But the benefit of that is that, yeah, if you go to bed early or on time, as a lot of people would say, um, you can you can afford to run a few calls overnight and still not be totally trashed in the morning. And I will say that I also get superstitious, superstitious about this because I worked for a lieutenant for a long time. And he had a saying that, uh, let me think of it, in bed before 10 means up before 12. Basically saying like, if you go to bed before 10 o'clock, you can expect to get a call before midnight. You're going to jinx yourself into running a call. And as stupid as it sounds, I actually use that superstition as a, a little bit of a, a comfort measure once in a while. If we're up late, I'll be like, well, at least I didn't go to bed till after 10. So now we can sleep until midnight. Arbitrary and ridiculous, but when you're that tired and you know you got a long night ahead of you, you're kind of grasping at straws and you'll take any kind of comfort measure you can. So this sounds very much like the rationale presented by your football coach and his creatine <laughs> dissertation. Well, it, I'm not going to say it's dissimilar. And um, we, we, we likely share the same <laughs> amount of brain trauma. So it makes sense. Uh, what else for, <laughs> let's get off my brain. What else for on-duty sleep tips besides uh, being a wet blanket and going to bed wait, far too early and, and missing out on the fun stuff? Listen, I will be a wet blanket any day because ain't nobody got time to watch Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Gross. Okay. So really, we can apply the same principles that we would apply off-duty. Again, we're just regular humans doing a different job. And so Chris kind of hit on them prior, but you know, curtailing our caffeine use, especially at least five to six hours before bedtime, really important. And then making our sleep space as conducive to sleep as we can. Um, if you're in a common bunk room, that's going to be difficult, but keeping it cool and dark, uh, avoiding screen use. So avoiding the phone and the iPad, especially in bed, but, you know, hopefully for a couple hours before you go to bed and then just experimenting with a last meal before bed. Some people respond really well to a high protein carbohydrate kind of a thing. So maybe cottage cheese and a banana or Greek yogurt, blueberries, something like that. A lot of people respond really well to that for sleep. There's also some other uh, supplements, so to speak, out there that I shouldn't, I shouldn't say supplements, but other some nutritional interventions that have some decent data tart cherry juice has been shown to help induce sleep. So, you know, just experimenting sort of on yourself and seeing what happens. That's my best advice. That's, that's great. And I think, um, it's so funny. I, when you bring up the, not holistic necessarily, but like the tart, tart cherry juice, I know magnesium is another one. Um, I feel like people will be more likely to try that than going to bed early. So it comes with a realistic view of this, right? Of, yeah, we can tell you to go to bed early probably won't happen. Or if it does, it won't happen until you're uh, later in your career and you don't have the FOMO like the young guys have. They have to stay up just in case or listen to the radio. Uh, but I think a lot of people would be kind of more receptive to trying those um, kind of external factors or even though it's not the old magic pill, right? Uh, if you give me something to take that I think can help, I'm more likely to do that than actually put the work in and 
and making my environment better. So I also just realized that I have written down here in front of me, I was going to ask you about off shift sleep tips and I was going to do some on ones, but I feel like between the ones you just mentioned and what I'm going to mention, we got a pretty well-rounded on shift sleep tip database going on here. We had it covered. Here's my big one for on shift. And this is kind of a pet peeve of mine because I used to do it. And then um, now when people do it, I, I try to talk them out of it, but sleeping in the recliner or sleeping in the day room. Um, I used to do it when I, like I said, I had the FOMO. I was newer on the ambulance. I was nervous about calls that I had to get to them. Um, like nervous about not knowing where the call was or how to get to it or my skills or whatever. And so I'd be just restless, just unsettled at night and then stay up too late watching movies or, or whatever sports. And, um, and then it'd be like 1230, one o'clock. I'd be like, well, I'm going to get up in four or five hours anyway. So I'll just sleep in the chair and go grab a, a blanket and try to find a way to get comfortable. And after a couple of years of that, probably I, I stopped because there were more nights I spent in that chair that were uncomfortable and we would run a call at like nine or 10 and then uh, get back and then we'd be done for the night, but I was uncomfortable the entire night. So had I just gone to bed, I would have slept. But instead of that, I made myself uncomfortable. And what I eventually traced it back to, what I eventually traced it back to for a lot of guys is kind of grasping onto something you can, you can control. We kind of have it in our head that if I'm not comfortable and if I wasn't sleeping anyways, and I have to go out for some call at two o'clock in the morning, well, that, that person or that call or that situation didn't cheat me out of anything because I wasn't comfortable anyways, and I wasn't getting good sleep. So, so I'm no worse for it because I wasn't getting sleep anyways. I understand the logic behind that flaws, flawed as it is. But at the same time, if you don't sleep then, like I just said, you're actually, you are cheating yourself. It's not that you're waiting for someone else to teach, cheat you out of sleep, quote unquote, because it is your job to get up at night. Um, but you're cheating yourself. And then the next day when you go home and I've had this conversation with Katie a few times, she's like, did you sleep last night? I was like, no, we were up until two. And then I just couldn't sleep. And then later in the day, I'd be like, oh, I'd let it slip. I'd kind of sell myself out. I'd be like, oh, we watched this movie last night. And she's like, I thought you were out running calls. Like, no, I was just up screwing around watching movies because I was restless. And she's like, then you can get up and cut the grass. Like if you're up running calls, that's one thing. If you're up watching movies and screwing around, you can go cut the grass today. I mean, you're not getting any sympathy from me. So go Katie. So my number one tip is get out of the recliner, go to bed. Just like Annette said, get out of the recliner and go to bed. The other thing is if someone else goes on a call or someone else wants to go in the kitchen or watch something in the middle of the night because they can't sleep, you're screwing up their routine now. It's kind of inconsiderate. That's not your bedroom. Go to bed where you're supposed to be sleeping, even if it's not for long, and give yourself the best chance at sleeping. Um, And now I have my second point written down here, slumber parties, right? Like I just said, you can hang out with your friends during the day. (laughs) Give yourself a chance to go to sleep. Stop watching (laughs) movies at 10 or 11 o'clock. Nothing good happened after midnight, right? And that, that was my rule for my dad in high school. And that's my rule for the fire department. Now, nothing good happens after midnight. So go to bed. Um, I would interject. Nothing good happens after 8 PM. That's because you go to bed at 645, but this is true. at least you push it to 8 PM on shift. So the public appreciates that. Uh, but those <laughs> are my two big sleep tips. Get out of the recliner and stop having slumber parties. Go to bed. Uh, like Annette said, so you have the best chance at getting some sleep, even though it might be not might not be much. You can make sure it's quality. Oh, I felt like I talked way too much and way too fast now. What do you think? 
No, I think I think just the take home message that everyone needs to understand because Spring for Change is a mental health initiative. Your sleep directly impacts your mental health. And we have circadian disruptions. Well, all humans have circadian disruptions because the light bulb was invented. And so lights are on when lights shouldn't be on. But first responders have greater circadian disruptions due to the fact that we're up and down, up and down, up and down throughout the night. And those circadian disruptions can have a very big impact on our mental health. And so, again, controller controllables, we can't necessarily or we can't at all control grandma falling on the floor for the 15th time today, but we can control are off duty, and we can make the very best situation on duty. I like it. And it takes that uh, marathon mentality. You know, it's important not to get frustrated week to week or shift to shift because we're here for, well, now with the the tier two people, we're here for 35 years, right? So you might have bad years in a row, but you might be able to make up those years later. So if it gets frustrating, and I get it. I mean, I've been on the ambulance now for uh, 12 or 14 years. So I understand frustration. I understand sleep debt. Um, I understand sleep deprivation and just know that there's going to be different seasons in your career. And when, if you're getting put through the ringer now, it's okay because it'll get better eventually, but don't, don't sell yourself short now and don't hamstring yourself now just because it's tough because at a certain point it is really hard to make that, make that up and, uh, give yourself the best chance now. So when it does get better, you're getting better and not just trying to catch back up the baseline. Uh, Annette, you brought up a good metaphor that one of our friends uses about um, automotive repair. Why don't you tie that into sleep and then we'll wrap this baby up and we'll get out of here. Yeah. Our girl, Wendy, Nutrition with Wendy says, if you are out on the, the freeway or the tollway and you run over something and you get a flat tire, you're not going to get out of your car and just shoot all three other tires you are going to get out of your car and repair the one tire that you're having an issue with. So it's it's a loose uh, metaphor for our pillars for Spring for Change. We can recognize and agree that our sleep is going to be disrupted on duty. We can agree to do our very best on duty and to optimize it off duty. But to offset sleep deprivation, if we focus on those other three pillars, our nutrition, especially mindfulness and movement, we can help, again, soften the impact of sleep deprivation. And I would like to say one more thing. You know, Chris has a lot of years left in the fire service. And I would just like to say I have 178 working shifts left. And oh, with man. that, I will drop the mic. That's fantastic. And it's my job to send you text messages late at night to make sure that you're up late to not go to bed at 8 o'clock for all of them. So thanks for giving me that goal in my career now. I have 178 shifts left to torment you. Thank you. And the and the the problem for you is going to be, I'm a pro. That phone is turned <laughs> off. There's I, another sleep tip for you. It was free. Yeah, your station has phones. We'll figure it out. All right, I think that's a good place to uh, cut this one off. And like Annette said, we're going to be rolling into the other three pillars here throughout the month. So if you like what we're doing, go on our Instagrams uh, at Fourth Shift Fitness number four th Shift Fitness and at Fire Rescue Wellness. Uh, if you go onto the four shift fitness website and go into the episodes page for the podcast, the tailboard talk podcast, there's a buy me a coffee button. Usually that goes to fund my 
unhealthy caffeine addiction this month, since we're doing spring for change, the mental health initiative, it's going to go towards a charity that Annette and I pick at the end of the month. So please go over and donate to that. I'll be posting that on Instagram as well. on both of our stories, we're going to tag everything in all of our stories and posts. So you can check out what we're doing and come along with us. Annette, any closing thoughts? I think you hit it, but anything to leave us with? No, nope, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> I'm going to take I'm going to take your advice for the first time ever because I think it's the best advice you've ever given. I'm going to quit while I'm behind. So thanks for bringing science into it and combating my uh, my brain trauma advice. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, be a four shifter. And Annette, is, we'll talk to you next time from the closet. Sounds good. All right. See you guys.